Good evening and welcome for the last time this year to Screen Tone Club. This is episode 92 of your fortnightly manga discussion podcast. We are recording this on the 20th of December 2021 for release on the 21st of December 2021, the shortest day in terms of sunshine at least. Um, coming to you from the toilet realm of Scotland is me, Elliot Page, and my lovely co-host as always, Mr. Andy Hanley. How you doing, Andy? I'm, I'm doing very well. I, I want to know how many people listening to this were having a panic when you got to the, the this is the last. I'm like, oh no, is it? <laughs> they done but no we're not done it's just the last one for the year yeah i thought about adding a pause there but (laughs) let's not be too cruel you know come on um so yeah as mentioned it's your fortnight look at manga and as mentioned the last for this year um as a note um our bonus episode for lovely patrons will be shortly after the new year because um we've been given an actual prose book to read and because of holidays and needing to visit family etc we're gonna be a little bit delayed on that but we have been picked anime supremacy um published in real deal paper book format um so yeah we'll be having a look at that which looks quite exciting um one of the synopses i read many Shirobako, so I'm already in the can for it, frankly. Let's face it. Yeah, yeah, I, I've been meaning to read this for quite a long time, so uh, I'm glad to finally have a good excuse to do so, and I believe my, my physical copy has just turned up, as of today, I think, at my family's place, so it's all coming together for uh, an, an early January uh, bonus episode. Yeah, for sure. Um, so on the Patreon, Bent, um, we have a new shout-out in our shout-outs tier, which honestly kind of blew me away. We have our normal, regular, still-loved um, entrant of Rob Jessup, thank you as well, always, and we have have a new entrant um the blue-haired cyborg so thank you ever so much for joining us on the shout outs tier um i did ask you to make sure you wanted to be called this so you can't blame me yeah cool yeah, th- thank thank you very much and uh, i feel like now do, do, do we have to have these two people fight to the death because there can only be one shout out champion i'm not sure how this works no we're not highlandering this <laughs> god damn <laughs> like we're not we're not reducing the amount of money we take through patreon andy come on yeah, just, i just i just i guess i just want some kind of like fist of the north star outcome but that's just me uh you want some motorbikes in some ruined buildings gotcha yeah uh, well i mean rob, rob jessup has a bike of a sort so you know we, we're halfway there already <laughs> rob jessup get a mohawk challenge oh <laughs> uh, that's gonna work for like three listeners who know rob in real life but hey oh uh, okay enough teasing um so first part of the episode is returning champions um do you mind if i go first briefly andy no go for it i'm trying to remember how far i've read through this returning champion so you may well jog my mind or you may well not because it's been a while yeah admittedly it's been so long for me that i had to start rereading from the beginning mostly because it is a mystery you know, thriller series with an ongoing very strict timeline um sort of storyline and timeline as it turns out so i um after the announcement that it has been picked up for english release by udon press um i picked up um summertime rendering which is all available still incomplete on um incomplete format even on manga plus so freely available for everyone to read um and so i read up to about chapter 50 of the i think 140th chapter series and um we talked about it previously long long ago on a manga plus um series so this is a series where um it has a main character who gets called back to um see off his childhood friend who passed away shortly a uh, short time ago and a mystery starts to unfold about doppelgangers and people taking shape of um others in the island that he lives this small little island 800 people everyone knows each other etc and that's what makes it even creepier that there's strange goings on and who is real and who isn't and what is 
their plan and what happened to the girl who drowned etc um and add into this a nice little extra dash of time skip or time looping where the main character at one point dies and finds himself back in himself after the first like 70 page long first chapter and so I carried on reading, um, kind of um, while waiting for my queue in Final Fantasy XIV to finish, because um, new expansion means everyone is playing it again. Um, and I found it interesting. Um, as a quick, very boring note, um, I can see why U- I was initially a bit shocked when Udon said they're going to re-letter um, the manga. But um, having um, read more of it now, there are some parts where char- the wrong character name is used or wording is rather odd like it's very much a case of like this doesn't sound native this sounds very clunky um and so it was a rather sort of worrying job by media though but um it was fun to read up to chapter 50 as i say so things are afoot um and it's developed into quite some in some quite interesting ways um one thing i will note is it has not leaned on the time loop aspect quite as much as i was expecting um it kind of keeps it in mind as something that is an ongoing process and um you know each of the loops is interesting in its own way but at the moment of talking now it hasn't looped for quite a while and there's even like a thing against looping really there's a sort of prohibition or a you know don't overuse this power because you're going to get yourself snookered type thing which makes it interesting and each time you're learning more about the various cosmology of the threat, the facing, the shadows of the various characters and their various tangled webs, it leads to a lot of like good irony and silly moments where you're like, ah, now both me and the main character know that this guy likes this girl. Ooh. Um, and, and also you very quickly after the first volume, you learn the true stakes of what's going on um, and kind of the shape of the um, antagonist, I suppose. And, you know, you get some more sort of bits and pieces with different characters you get some good you get some nice fan service which you know is a bit eye-rolly but hey teenage boy main character um and so yeah i found it quite fun and quite engaging to read um as i've gone there's still an awful lot that's in the air and the one thing it has done quite well is at this stage it's slightly unspoilable because it keeps moving what the mystery is even though there is like a core mystery that is to be answered the more it does the good thing of very sensibly um answers only raise more questions so i know some stuff that i would have liked to have known at the start of the manga or wanted to know about and now it's led to more questions and it's like well if that's true then what about this and what does that mean and what so yeah it's really quite um engaging in that way and yeah it's really developed and it's kind of also picked up a bit more sort of um, playfulness with its premise and its characters in particular that initially was a bit of a like, kind of a hard turn in terms of tone um, but now it's only kind of accelerated the sort of um, tension that's present um, I will say that the kind of resolution of the images available on Manga Plus leaves something to be desired especially on PC I don't know if that's like a rather rude anti-piracy measure um, but quite a few times the art looks a bit sort of um, artifacted and a bit compressed so maybe that's something that udon will be able to fix with their release either digitally or physically so who knows but yeah i'm i'm not you know i'm kind of a deep little way in but enjoying it so far um especially as i say with the slight sort of kinks in its tail and you know what knowledge transfers and different ways of maintaining um knowledge across the loops and also between characters so yeah and also like that that also of course leads to more sort of causality fun times with oh what entity can 
cr- cross this barrier and what ones can't and who is aware of how much so it gets it gets good and fucky um honestly it's it reminds me vaguely of like some of the more sort of bananas stuff in destiny when it starts to get power power causal and it's like oh well this gun is across time and you're like i don't care this gun is bad stats i'll destroy it um yeah i never thought i'd compare a manga to destiny but here we go but yeah sorry i've rambled on a great deal but yeah i've been keeping up with it very slowly um and yeah i plan to read more of it um probably in my train ride when i go home for, for christmas so yeah that's um a summertime rendering also unsurprisingly the fact that it's available on uh, manga plus and so basically free in fact actually free um makes it very sort of bingeable because you can just press the next button and off you go yeah. so that's always nice yeah i i, I wonder like I wonder whether there's going to be the case that, that that will get taken down now that Udon have picked it up or whether kind of part of Udon's sort of smart move is like, look, we're going to clean this up and, you know, make it more presentable for, you know, a, a, a physical version or a paid for digital version and therefore they don't really you know mind or you know they're, they're maybe not going to push contractually to have the manga plus version taken down so that, that that might be an interesting test for for how that goes but yeah i think you'll you probably got to pretty much where i did with it i think i was maybe into like the late 50s chapter wise um but yeah it's, it's one of those series for me where every time it sort of shifted the goalposts a bit or changed things i had one of those like oh i don't know if i'm gonna like this is this gonna be where it falls off a cliff and it always somehow made it work um and i do i do really like the the wrinkle that it adds to the whole like you know the the whole um sort of you know time leaping thing um because you know as as much as i like series like re-zero that just have a, a far more basic time loop of like when you die you just kind of start over at that quote-unquote save point like that does you know you can do interesting and powerful stuff with that but it is kind of like inherently a bit of a sort of dull like reset mechanic because you know you're always going back to the same place whereas adding a little bit more strategy to it and something beyond just like, oh, this is really unpleasant to the kind of like, no, I need to not die here. Like, you know, I need to, because this is going to disadvantage me in other ways. Like that, that really adds an extra dynamic in terms of like ramping up the tension because it's not just a kind of like hold your hands up like, ah, eh, well, I'm just going to respawn. It's far more of a like, well, this is actually a bad situation to be in because it's going to have a real knock on effect of what else I can do in the next loop. So I would rather you know not not be done for here yeah for sure um i yeah as you say i wouldn't be surprised if it got taken down at some point uh, mostly because at that point udon will have presumably a more cleaned up version available but having it here is quite pleasant um at least in terms of binging it as i say but yeah it's as you say as you said as well it's really good that the the time loop has evolved and it's not just a case of like i'll just groundhog my day i'll just groundhog day myself until i find the one true path um this does make it so that you know the main character has this in his back pocket but at the same time it's very much a case of like ah this this has its downsides much like i think that is the smart thing actually overall is that every time that you start to think huh can this be abused in some way to like fuck around with the state of the world the characters or the world itself will push back and say no actually this isn't quite as op as it sounds and at the end of the day we still need to be extremely careful with this and also like there are tons of actors or like there are actors or and motivations in play in the world that mean that disturbing them makes it very awkward so 
you know, it's not just a case of butterfly wing nonsense with time loop, but it is a case of like, oh, there are multiple actors on the board here. And this is literal life and death for not just me, but everyone around me. Um, and that that does make it quite grim at times where you're like, oh, this this character can't be saved. Fuck, <laughs> that's a bit grim. So, yeah, that happens quite a few times, unfortunately. Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good, interesting series so far and interested to keep going. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I'm kind of split like at the moment between whether I want to read more of it or just wait and see what the anime adaptation that is going to be on Disney Plus weirdly because that's the world in which we live in like I, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely going to watch that and see how that uh, that uh, that that kind of pans out but there's part of me that's just like ah maybe I should just wait and see you know how much of the anime they're gonna how much of the manga they're gonna drop into the anime's first season and so on and so forth yeah because it has like a it has an it's you know it's a mystery series and it has a solid end so you know it just makes me wonder how many episodes they're going to do and how much they're going to cover because you can't like you could i'm trying to think like i'm well i'm not an anime creator but like i'm trying to think how much you could try and slim down for an anime version but given it's a mystery like half of the joy is like each stumbling step you take in it so if you try to like carve stuff out it would make it seem a bit thin i don't know it's i wonder how much they'll adapt yeah so we'll see yeah um, yeah because it, it almost feels like i mean again having not got to the end of it but e- even what what i've kind of read to feels like that would almost be a solid you know way beyond like 12 episodes i think so uh, yeah it, it'll be it'll be, be a fascinating one to watch yeah, for sure. Um, but not on Disney Plus, because I'm not paying for another goddamn service, frankly. And I'm not paying Disney. So I'll just wait for, oh, God, who knows? I don't have any time for anime anyway. Um, cool. So that's Summertime Rendering. And um, I thought I put this on, but then I remembered I haven't actually read this yet. So Skip and Loafer Volume 2. Is this you, you're doing, Andy? Yes, yes, it is. Yeah, because this is a, a, another one of those, like, suddenly... I think I either saw somebody else talking about it or it just like randomly cropped up on my Twitter timeline. And I was like, oh God, there's more of that. Um, I guess I should read it because, you know, I kind of wax lyrical. And I mean, we both did about really enjoying the first volume. Um, yeah. And yeah, like much like the first volume, this this continues to be to be really good stuff. Um, you know, it's it continues to have its one core strength really just be the characters and the way they interact with one another. Um, and it's kind of... It's really nice to see a series that continues to not delve into melodrama and make everything into, you know, a big deal and throw the kitchen sink at things. Like, everything feels very human here. I mean, it's like, if you recall, Volume 1 has sort of a big question mark slash kind of cliffhanger almost around um shima uh who kind of doesn't want to talk about his past and his his childhood that is just like tackled head on right at the start of the second volume and it's not it turns out you know it's kind of it's kind of a big deal but not a massive deal and everybody like talks things through and like mitsumi figures out what the the deal is with that and kind of like talks about it and it's like okay cool i know where you stand on this you know where i stand on this this is all cool this is all fine and that's kind of the joy of of this volume much as it was like volume one you know you have characters who rub up against one another the wrong way or you know maybe you kind of get like the the starting point of your typical sort of you know manga slash anime misunderstandings but rather than blow up into a massive thing because everybody goes away and spends like a week going like oh my god i think you know they don't like me or whatever they maybe mull over it for an evening and then come back the next day and be like hey look can we talk about this because that that got weird 
like could what what's the deal here like there's a really good moment between kind of the two main characters where they sort of because they know each other a bit better they both manage to kind of push one another's buttons kind of partly deliberately and partly not and sort of have a bit of a falling out about it and then they kind of both have that realization of like ah i i knew saying that was gonna upset that person but I also wanted to kind of make a point here. And they also like both have sort of their own, their own feelings about that of like, actually, I'm not quite the person that you think and assume I am. And that's also kind of bugging me. And it turns into this really great heart to heart where the two of them kind of end up being closer at the end of it because it's like, oh, okay. Like I, I realized that I've not, there are things that, you know, I haven't really talked to you about. I've just sort of, tried to intuit it from your behavior and I've got it completely wrong and now I know better and thank you and blah 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 um so all of that stuff is just really good and feels really kind of solid and really human um and all of that stuff is is incredibly fun to uh fun to read like if there's one thing that bugs me a little bit about the second volume more in terms of is this going to turn into kind of too much of a recurring thing? It's that it does tend to kind of... It it puts, like, Mitsumi, the main character, sort of, you know, uh, up against various other characters, and it always ends up deferring to, like, oh, no, Mitsumi, like, you're actually, like, the smart one who's, like, in the right here. And even though you look up to me, actually, I look up to you because you're the better person here. And that kind of... It never gets too deep into that, but it's just far enough that it kind of starts to feel a little bit repetitive and a little bit of a kind of like, oh, well, you are the main character, therefore I will defer to you. Um, When sometimes it feels like there should maybe be a bit more balance in kind of how some of those things pan out. Um, But that's a minor quibble that I just... It's more one of those things I just hope it doesn't become the thing that the series does like over and over as it runs through future volumes. But overall, again, just, yeah, really enjoyed spending some time with these characters, and it's just very satisfying to watch a group of of teenagers actually act like a group of teenagers and a group of human beings. Yeah, for sure. I think I definitely agree with you. I haven't read volume two yet. I picked up a few pages of it, and it started to get into that sort of, like, tension that you mentioned. Um, And, yeah, I I mean, I'm excited to hear how that kind of goes. I... I definitely feel I understand, I get where you're coming from with the, like, you know, it reverting to Mitsumi being okay, or like, you know, even in the first volume, it was a case where misunderstandings abounded. And like, while it's nice that the series has like a plethora of characters and tools to diffuse situations and you get the nice catharsis of things being sorted out, um, it does at times feel a bit almost like Pollyanna-ish in terms of like, like okay yeah they've had this out but people are still going to have fundamental differences on this point and so it can't quite be as perfectly wrapped up as you think especially like if it happens repetitively um so yeah it it, i'm worried about it falling into that trap as well now you've voiced it especially so but i mean honestly uh, half of it is the fact that i quite enjoy the fact that the series knows how to set up like um issues and you know discussions and tension and then find a really interesting and fun way or just really um emotionally enjoyable way to watch it diffuse them um which is nice rather than just like you know pushing it off or going ha ha whatever misunderstandings you know some of it isn't misunderstandings it's actual hurt um and then coming to the bottom of that and hashing it out is very very important and powerful 
Yeah. So and, that's and, something and, I think I really value in the series. Is it actually like unearthing the core of the issue or close to the core of the issue and actually talking about it rather than just, oh no, you overheard me at the wrong time. I wasn't saying that about you. And it's like, no, that's just, that's not an ending. That's a cop out. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and it, it, it all, it all works well, kind of, you know, having Mitsumi as that main character kind of like coming from the sticks. Again, that's the sort of thing that is really cliched in other series of, you know, oh, I'm just a country girl. I don't understand this stuff, but it feels really genuine in her case of just like, look, I'm not used to these kind of more complex social situations and more nuanced ones. Um, but it's kind of a, one of the really satisfying things about the series is watching her learn and pick up on that stuff to the point where, you know, people in this second volume are like, oh, you've kind of like figured a bunch of this stuff out, haven't you? That's cool. Um, and so all, all of that stuff is, is kind of fun. Um, and uh, when all else fails, she's still just kind of an adorable dork of a main character. Um, so it's just kind of fun just watching her machinations in general of just being that kind of archetype. Yeah, being a massive dork, um, and she's very pure. I think, I think, I think the um, publication like sort of schedule for this has moved up um, because like volume three comes out soon, and it's already like cover art for volumes four and five floating around. Um, if it wasn't me mentioning it on Twitter, I'm sure someone else was because it seems to be. I don't know. Maybe this is echo chamber taking effect, but I feel like it's well discussed at the moment. Um, which, hey, attention for manga I like. Good, <laughs> Elliot, happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. On, on, on which note, I also just like saw like while I was looking for a, a pick for the next episode that there's another volume of it if, if I could reach you out. So I know what I'm going to be doing over the Christmas break. I meant to message you about that because I saw it yesterday and I was I was about to clown on it in my message to you, um, especially because the um, the cover looks a bit tense. But then I remembered that like I'm caught up as well and I'm probably going to buy that volume because once again I keep finishing volumes saying ugh I'm stopping reading this and then two weeks later I'm like I wonder what happens next. Next. So once again, more for me, I guess. <laughs> well, well, if, if if you need me to be the the um the canary in the cage, then I will absolutely be reading it one way or the other. So. Oh no, that's always the plan. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> cool. So um, that's returning champions. Um, woo, we went a bit long there. We got stuff. We had stuff to say. Um, so moving on to the main part of the episode. Do you mind if I go first again, Andy? No, please, please do. So this this um, episode of the podcast, we ended up picking two jumbo sized things. Um, so I picked um, Blue Giant Volume One and Two, which is a omnibus edition, both physically and digitally. Um, it's published by Seven Seas. Um, the author is Shinichi Ishizuka. Um, it's currently complete in Japan at 10 volumes long and not in English, um, but it's coming up on it because um, the fourth omnibus of um, volumes seven and eight is coming up soon. And then there's only one more omnibus left. Um, there's no anime yet, but there will be one in 2022. So we'll get hopefully you won't see too many CG saxophones, but who knows? Um, anime nowadays is a mystery to me. Uh, you can get digitally or physically. Um, as mentioned, it's a bit of a tome because it's this first double volume is 254 pay. No. 454 pages so it was a bit of a brick so blue giant is about a character who isn't quite a giant but certainly seems tall i mean he's on the basketball team so blue giant is about die who is 
kind of a meathead honestly like i hesitate to use the word himbo because it's not quite there like he's not hyper attractive he's kind of a very pure and honest doof um he loved basketball um and then you know he didn't go to nationals um the fabled nationals um but ever since like junior high he's had a thing for jazz and for the saxophone in particular and so he quite frequently is to be found on the riverbank in sendai where he lives um playing his heart out um he hasn't really had any formal instruction for a long time and so he kind of just belts it out there and you know seems to be doing a lot of stuff that is a bit sort of destructive you know he's playing it during the summer heat he's blowing through reeds like no tomorrow um but he has an extreme passion for it where it is kind of perfectly suited for him as an outlet for his heart and his emotions um, by his own admission he died while a meathead and you know working part-time at a um, full service gas station um has you know he has something about him he definitely has like a dreamer's mind um and channels that quite quite extremely into his saxophone playing and so blue giant is kind of the journey of die as he strives to in his own words said extremely honestly um become the best jazz player in the world and he kind of blows people away with this um pronouncement but he is going to stay the course by by all admissions um and the structure of this series is quite fascinating honestly i think it's better best considered as a biopic or almost as like a documentary style like quite often like a memoir even but more a biopic where it has like singular um it has a roaming camera which picks out singular moments in Dai's sort of development and life and what brought him and ingratiated him towards jazz and it kind of jumps around timeline a little it will the camera will flit over and land on certain characters who will orbit die and you know it will pick out certain moments in die's life and his development you know his work his like travails his basketball etc and it will kind of orbit him that way it makes it really fascinating like as i say roaming eye view of die as he goes from you know very loud egypt on the riverbank to like weird like almost like extremely unpolished gem savant to getting an equally weirdo teacher to having his first live session which was um a fascinating both a blowout and also a tour de force both in different ways and it challenge it follows him as he develops and goes through this and also just channels his passion for jazz saxophone like all the way and also it kind of goes to his various family members and his friends there's an amazing chapter which is all about die putting on a leaving um do for his friend mitsumi who is no not Mits- mitsuki where you know he's the only one but he says like no we're doing a leaving party because i care about you and i think this is bad that you're having to vanish and so he has this huge leaving party and he gets into beef with one of the soccer club heads and all this stuff and the main thing as i say tying it all together is the singular kind of loving focus of die this extremely pure meathead doofus um and his sort of singular love and his like it, you know it, it doesn't it doesn't chart out every last step of his life but it does take this very nice wide view of his of his sort of adventures or his growth um 
and yeah like it is uh, towards the end of this volume it has a really fascinating moment where it interviews like it cuts and it interviews two people who crossed paths with die and so it kind of gives you this like view of oh this is a this is like a past tense sort of work where you know die has reached his heights and now it is looking back on his development and life and the people he intersected with and that sort of thing and yeah i found it extremely fun to read um the ways it presents um the sort of saxophone is amazing like there's a definite definite feel of pressure and atmosphere present like a real feeling of passion um if nothing else the pages where he's belting out the sax look like they're a pain in the dick to draw um what makes him really fascinating for me is there's zero sound effects in those pages it's just pure line work and reaction and that kind of takes it into another level of sheer wallop um and so yeah i found this a really fascinating and heartfelt series with a lot of passion in it um and like the main character in particular more than anything and his supporting family and friends like even those who kind of go to him like are you sure about this like what the fuck um i really enjoyed it and i kind of like honestly the fact i had to read it for the podcast and read like all 450 pages of it made it a bit tiring because i was not feeling that hot from my covid booster and so it's a case of like man i wish i had more time to luxuriate in this series but gotta read it for the podcast um so yeah i found it a really enjoyable series with as i say it doesn't it doesn't hew too close or give you every last minute of die's life and i think that really helps um make it feel grander than just the little dinky stuff it's trying to do like it gives it enough space to breathe and also knowing what things are important to clue you in on like die managing to ask out the uh, miwasan from the um, port from the swim team to go to like a jazz festival which i want to go to that jazz festival although when like you know covid stops so yeah i i as is probably very obvious from me rambling on, not letting Andy talk at all. Um, I really enjoyed this series and I found it extremely powerful. Um, I already knew some things about this series from it being present at the British Museum manga exhibit, but that was when the series had not yet been licensed, let alone translated. But it had some, you know, original pages from it there. And even those didn't really kind of like have the biggest highs of the series um, of, you know, as I say, die belting out the sacks. Um, so yeah, um, taking a step back, what did you think of it, of Blue Giant Andy? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed it as well. I mean, it kind of perfectly fittingly for a series about jazz, the thing that I really liked about it is just the vibe that it has. Like, for it's sure. kind of, it, 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 it is weird because, you know, like you say, it, it does sort of position itself as a biopic and, there are there are a couple of places like I feel like especially in sort of what's effectively the second volume where that kind of gets a bit messy and there were a, a couple of places where I had to kind of scoot back and forth between the pages to be like wait are these like two separate events like what's the timeline here because it kind of gets a little messy with them but but generally speaking it kind of it works very well as uh, just you know picking out really important moments and yeah I know it's it's really difficult to kind of get too sort of solid a bead on like because it, it is just like an atmosphere and, and a feeling that the series gives off rather than, than being a kind of this is good because x y and z uh, which is absolutely perfect for for this kind of series um and like you say i mean it's really interesting like the sort of the end of this omnibus they have kind of like you know a, your, your typical like a marque comic which is basically like the sort of the editor and the author kind of talking about like hey how do we put music in 
a, a form that doesn't have any music and it's kind of crazy how well they've nailed that like you know there, there are multiple different approaches to doing that that you can see throughout various kind of manga that have music somewhere in their core but like you say this does it without sound effects without you know because it's jazz without kind of having lyrics to lean on or any of that but it so it really can only use its visuals to kind of put across you know the power or the strength or like the emotion or whatever it is that it's trying to kind of put across in that moment musically and the fact that it does that every time and sometimes that's kind of breathtaking is like it's just so absolutely on point that it's it's kind of insane like this this is i feel like is a really good looking manga across the board like for sure a, a really good high bar of quality even in its moments that aren't music based but when it goes for it and it's you know it's always in those big sort of you know seismic musical moments it's just like it's one of those sort of you don't really want to turn the page it's just like i just want to sit and just look at this for a bit and just kind of really drink it in and it's not because there's like an insane level of detail or you know oh look at all these little kind of things in the background or whatever it's just like it just has this sort of irresistible sort of feel to it that that you know is is just really kind of impressive yeah um, for sure sorry i the thing i know i i spent a good page or two in my notes trying to get that across and the word i came up with in the end was encompassing like it's hmm. a it's a full like grab and hold of a manga like as you say especially in the powerful moments where it is all encompassing swallowing etc it is it is all around you and some would say perhaps verberating through you given um, the power of music so yeah it it really has that effect um at least it did on me yeah yeah and and, and i think that the other thing that really works in its favor is that you know die is kind of an interesting character like he's sort of in some ways, he's very sort of typical of this kind of, like, you know, character becomes just, like, obsessed with insert topic here. Like, you know, something like Chihaya from Chihaya Furu. It's sort of a similar vibe to that where they're kind of like a complete sort of ditz to everything else apart from this one thing. But, like, Dai is just such a likeable character that it's kind of, like, that, that really helps with, you know making you want to to see their his progression whether it's kind of like romantically or with his friends like you know it's really there's a whole thing which it feels like it shouldn't even almost be that touching where it's just like you know like you say he works at a gas station and you know basically he goes out fishing with like the owner of said gas station and that there's whole a whole kind of almost chapter of them talking about stuff and, and things that are happening around, you know, that job, etc., which just turns into like it's just this really kind of like actual tender and emotional moment between like employer and employee, but like it pulls it off and it sells you on it and it kind of gives you a really good worldview into like Dai's frame of mind where like he's not concerned about himself, he's far more interested in and worried about other people. And, you know, that really ties into kind of the core conceit of him as saxophonist and jazz player where he's like, he's, he, he wants to put his emotions across and it kind of, it's a really sort of interesting way of having that kind of character because usually when you have this like 
that kind of like, oh, I want to put my emotions across in, you know, artwork, whatever it is. The usual shorthand is you have like a really taciturn character who's not good at expressing their emotions apart from when they play music or whatever. But that's not the case with Dai. Like he's forthright about how he feels about everything to the point where everyone else is like, what the heck is with you? Like, you know, it's like you say where he just repeatedly tells people like, I'm just going to be the greatest jazz player. Like he doesn't have any hesitation. He doesn't have any filter on any of that stuff. He's just like, hey, look, this is this is what I'm thinking right now. This is what I'm feeling right now. Bang, there it is. Yeah, and so it's really, of... it's really interesting that to have that character as the conduit who also is like, no, I want to like, you know, show people how I feel through music because it's like, ah, you're pretty good at it through words, like, albeit in a, an, an irregular way. Um, so it's kind of as a, as a, a main character, it's really unique compared to what you normally see from this kind of thing. Yeah, I think, um, you know, amongst many sort of series where the character's looking to be Sekaiichi type thing, it's it's not just like, I'm going to be the best XYZ because that way I'll get something, something, and this will happen. It's very much just a case of this is how I want to like express and how I feel I can express. And yeah, he's it's really fascinating because it's a sheer sort of, like just sort of thoughtlessness. Well, not thoughtlessness. Um, what's the word? Like just unalloyed sort of like no ulterior motive sort of view of what Dai wants to do and how much he wants to just push through and to spark it lit- lights within him that you know as I say the the whole like roving eye thing I feel really does that a service where it shows you like Dai going to his first jazz concert in junior high and his friend being like should we bounce and he's like no <laughs> I'm staying um it, it is funny like in the art does have one other small decalise heel where it has a small case of same face um where mostly due to the fact that the series is kind of a kind of aggressively pleasantly mundane is that people sometimes look the same because they're podunk teenagers from the same town so they they're going to blend together in some level anyway because they're all just idiot teens um but it really comes into its own there's one thing it reminded me of especially in the more mundane elements it reminded me of um naoki urasawa um especially his like you know the prominence of noses and the fact that characters will be speaking while doing something else in panel which provides you that extra layer of texture without just having to have them open mouth flapping their gums where they're doing something else so that really worked for me and it had that kind of like adultness of the drawing in particular like you say like it it has that encompassing nature to the artwork and yeah it it really kind of like really i really enjoyed it um especially because it it, as i say it's aggressively mundane you know die isn't some amazing like superstar he's just kind of a he's kind of a quiet guy but a nice guy in school and he's not going to be going to college and he talks to his friends very frankly about their future plans and they're all you know they're all incidental characters who barely exist outside of that page, but they all get their little life story told to you. It's like, oh, this guy, he's a nice guy, but he's going to take over the tofu shop and all this sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, that's cool, you know, but it, you know, it, it has a story for everyone in, you know, the middle of this rather small place. Um, and the, the, the love the author clearly has for jazz and also wanting to express it comes across. I mean, like you mentioned the Omake where, you know, the author and his editor are just like sat in a family restaurant trying to figure out how they're going to do this manga and laughing and going, ah, <laughs> I guess it'll come out in the wash. Oh shit. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Um, so that really came across, um, to me. Yeah. And, and- as, as, and also like the fact that, 
I never, it's going to sound strange. I mean, I, I'm going to continue to harp on with the art, but like it never feels like it's wasting attention. Like when it wants to, it's just going to black out the background and show you what it wants. It's going to show you everything it wants to in, you know, it will show you what you need to see and it won't take up your time or waste your like, you know, it won't waste your attention or your rove or your eye. Like it won't lead you astray or make you worry about minute. You know, the, the, the sax is always beautifully rendered. But it's always with a very keen eye on making, you know, getting, you know, communicating to you as as effortlessly as possible without, you know, just taking up your time, um, which is a strange thing to kind of glom onto. But I just found it extremely effortless and pleasant to read as it was, which honestly, not to be too boring, but it really helps in a 450 page book you're reading pronto for a podcast. So it's not one of these cases where I was having to put it up, pick it up, put it down. It was, it was a joy to read in one sitting. It's just that if I'd have had a few more hours to luxuriate, that would have been nice. But this is a me, Elliot podcast a problem nothing that anyone else might have frankly yeah yeah and, and, and i mean in in terms of that artwork like you you, you never realize how much you needed to, to watch a dude change a tire until you've you've read this because <laughs> it's just like even stuff like that which again it's that you know people are having discussions about entirely different things but some really good you know well-realized old guy changes a tire as kind of a, a good example of, of some of that stuff um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that's th- the other thing that I, I felt like I really sort of glommed onto as somebody who's not really a jazz guy, um, and is kind of, you know, more on the side of some of the other characters in this series are just like, ah, I don't really get it. Um, but like, it, it does a really good job of putting across like that struggle you have that I think a lot of people can relate to, you know, in various facets of trying to describe why you love something that you do when other people don't really get it or share that passion. And like, that's something that I think this series puts across really well from Dai's point of view, because it's kind of the one thing he does struggle to communicate. It's just like, no, jazz is great. Like, listen to it. Why don't you get it? And I think that's something that, you know, whatever your passion, whatever your hobby, you can kind of relate to that thing where you just excitedly show somebody like, oh my God, look at this. This is so awesome. And they're just like, what? That's... I don't care. Like, what's, what's, that's not very interesting. Um, and that's kind of like the, the one thing that sort of flummoxes him and that I guess is kind of like, you know, one of his big drivers. But it's a very relatable thing that I think is, is put across really well here. And again, just seeing like the, the joy in his face when, you know, char- any character does kind of get it and, and is just like, oh yeah, actually, that's, that's pretty good. Um, and it, it, you know, the way it puts all of that stuff across is, is really fantastic as well. Yeah, there's the first time you see um, uh, the swim team lady. I've forgotten her name already. Damn, that was fast. Um, with the swim team last that he, you know, it's it's kind of a bit of a rude um, intro because people are like tweeting about her being really tall, um, which is, you know, rude. Um, but she, you know, he die pulls out his iPod classic, um, which probably dates this series in a really hilarious way. And he puts the headphones on her and says, this is what I want to express. And like, he turns the volume up and she's like, whoa, hang on. And Dai kind of grabs her and says like, no, 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 no. Listen, listen to it louder. This is important. And, you know, she, after about two panels of going, what? She's like, oh, this song is completely different now. There's an entire level of extra stuff here. Like, because now it's louder, there's more stuff available and more information in it. So yeah, things that very true facts stated, I suppose. Um, so yeah, really enjoyable. I mean, 
I'm I'm someone who is a very much a fair weather jazz fan. Like I I have a really dumb thing, so this is like the Elliot Page stupidity pile. But whenever I go on holiday somewhere, I seek out a jazz club and like go there for at least an evening. Um, usually just to kind of like sit there and very quietly drink because like jazz is extremely transmissible um and you know because there's not too many too much in the way of vocals usually um and you know whether it's someone who's a name or isn't a name and it's a bunch of dads usually the standard of playing is extremely high or at least enjoyable on a level and so i i whenever i go i don't do it here in england for some reason or in in the uk but whenever i go on a holiday somewhere i seek out a jazz club and sort of park my desk myself there for a night and frankly like in all the times i've done it it's never led me wrong so i i this is gonna this is the ultimate like elliot weirdo moment thing but hey um i recommend it honestly also usually jazz clubs are quite chill places and they're not going to have people like doing jaeger bombs or some bullshit because or, they or, 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 pe- or people are yelling that you're too loud and to get off the stage which is what happens in this series i mean to be fair he you know he spends his entire life practicing on a riverbank to no one so yeah that was going to happen anyway i don't know i feel like the the first gig that die gets like i feel like it has the ultimate synthesis in not a complete blowout but also like this is a colossal learning experience um and you also see that reflected in how that bounces back later on it's really fascinating where it kind of closes that or like completes that loop with other characters in that scene later on as part of the whole biopic structure and that's that's a really fascinating way for it to handle that um in the series and you know die you know he's not like he's unaffected by it but he he turns that around into his own weapon and that's a that was another moment where i realized how much i liked the character and you know it's very much a it's almost an ode to like doofus main character who is definitely going to do his jazz thing and this is all power to him so yeah really good fun stuff and really just heartfelt as i say like the aggressively boring parts of this series are the cool part like you get a flashback scene to when Dai's mother passed and how that affected the family and the dynamic between the elder brother, Dai, the middle child, and his younger sister. And it's fast, it's really heartfelt and powerful. Like it's a, it's a single chapter crystal of like, I'm an only child. I don't get it. But like, it's a really fascinating, just really condensed version of family relations and how everyone interreacts, interrelates to each other and the shit you do that your pet, your siblings will rip you, rip you a new one about, but you still love them. And that was, that was impeccable. I really enjoyed that chapter. Um, kind of, you know, Elliot tearing up in the cafe reading it hours. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it's it's kind of the the cool thing is, and again, perhaps partly due to that format, is is a lot of those sort of like little stories, those sort of chapters could kind of stand alone as like one shots in a sense because they set up, you know, the characters' motivations and you know go through sort of a set of events in a way that's really satisfying. Um, but I mean, I, I think that the whole first gig thing is is kind of a really good example of sort of the the complexity of this series. Like again it's a pretty dyed in the wool thing for you kind of like you know manga based uh music based manga where it's just like oh yeah they go to their first gig and they suck and that's kind of usually the end of it and it's just like oh well they learn to suck less whereas this like you say it kind of it, it sets off kind of reverberations that that kind of rattle around the rest of this omnibus basically where it's not a clear cut like ah you sucked it's like no, you kind of didn't, and there was a whole heap of kind of issues and personal kind of 
takes on his performance that clearly kind of like had a, a massive kind of reach beyond just that moment and the fact that it kind of it, it leans back into that and revisits it and relitigates it is really interesting to see because it fleshes out some of the other characters who are you know just kind of you don't know them they're just kind of they're just there they just sort of appear you know for that scene and then you kind of get to see them more and you know you get a lot of of really good sort of context as it builds and fleshes that out and and that that whole bit in particular like I think that was kind of like my favorite part of that where I thought like oh yeah I know how this goes like I've read this kind of thing a million times before you know they get shouted down they go off in a half and then they come back better and stronger because blah 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 that's how manga works but like the fact that it's not that simple and there's there's a lot more nuance to it than that was kind of a real joy for me yeah for sure and as you say like the way it bounces around and you know die eventually gets a teacher um who is equally fascinating and you know interesting to watch them bounce off each other um another thing another comparison point i suppose to i don't know why i'm hammering this but the comparison point to naoki urasawa is urasawa is also someone else who loves like just switching not point of view but switching focus character from to someone else and having an entire side story and then it loops and folds back in like you know like when you're baking and you fold in something to the mixture it feels like that at times where it's like oh we're now following this character very briefly and oh here's die and here's how this is going to get together and now the mixture is even stronger and here we go and i really love that stuff um the one thing i will say about Arisara is sometimes those um side stories can grow a life of their own and then a volume later you're like hey where's the main character's gone what the fuck what's happening <laughs> um but this this um i feel like the the chapters in this series are like 40 odd pages i think they're quite jumbo or at least they feel very jumbo um and you know i feel like each one of them has time to breathe and expound upon both the greater life of die but also what it wants to tell you in that moment um so yeah i i really love blue giant um it was really enjoyable um frankly and i hope i've explained properly the ways that i did through like the art and the heart and the characters and both the mundanity and the love that's present in there and you know just the the sheer earnestness even when people are being pricks in this series it's it's real good it's real good comics like i really I, as, as i said earlier and i was trying to get across earlier it's, it was a real encompassing enveloping manga that scooped me up and took me somewhere and you know kept me safe the whole way so it really was a powerful thing i i really do not envy the i mean it's good source material um but like i do not envy the manga the people who are going to adapt it into anime because oh christ um you got to do all these instruments and music and you you know oh anyway good luck <laughs> if you do it well then i'll be super happy um but yeah um we'll see what happens in 2022 when that comes along hoof um good luck lads yeah yeah i've not i've not looked at who's uh who, who's on point for that because that's you know like kyoani have shown that it can be done with like sand euphonium but like they're kyoani and you know they, they can they can do that kind of stuff and, and with kaon i guess as well to, to a lesser extent um but yeah like it's definitely i mean just just in terms of pacing and and you know, and whatnot you know i i hope it's not going to be one of those like ah we've got 12 episodes so we're going to like ram you know half a dozen chapters into an episode and make it all super brief because like you say it needs that breathing time you know it needs to be quiet sometimes and you know contemplative it's not all about just you know 
it's not just all about the music and i i hope they they get the focus and kind of you know get get right what makes the manga work yeah i mean you got that entire chapter with like following his dad and like again super mundane shit like working going to karaoke and it's just like the sheer space in the breathing room he gives to that is so important um and so affecting like when like die and him sit down and have a chat about it it's like are you doing this right okay good right i'll support you right good good job son it's like oh fuck this is that was real good like christ yeah if if they tried to cram pack everything together that would suck um but yeah i really really enjoyed this um and yeah i i'm gonna get the rest of it as soon as we finished editing um as soon as i have edited this episode and got it live frankly (laughs) So, yeah, anything else you want to mention about Blue Giant, Andy? Uh, no, no, I think that's it from me. No, um, yeah, loved it. Um, so, yeah, um, do you want to take a quick break? Uh, yeah, sure. Hello, everybody. Andy here. I just want to interrupt this episode briefly to remind you that Screen Tone Club is supported by our wonderful, beautiful listeners via Patreon. Supporting us on Patreon helps to defer the cost of buying the manga that we read for the show. It keeps the show ad-free, apart from this little bit right here, and it also gives us a much-needed boost to our frankly complicated feelings of self-worth. By supporting us on Patreon, you also get monthly bonus episodes, and additionally to that, if you support us on the $3 and above tier, you'll even get to vote on what series we cover on those bonus episodes. So, to find out more, please head on over to patreon.com slash club. That's patreon.com slash club. Sign up today and you get access to our full back catalogue, which now spans over two years of bonus episodes. Whether you're a subscriber or not, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we now return you to your regular programming. So Andy, um, how about your pick? Um, also blue and also jumbo-sized, um, although not quite as large um, in this case. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a more svelte kind of 200 or so pages. For, 240. For this one. 240. Um, and yeah, so this is uh, Blue Period Volume 1, which kind of does share some DNA with, with Blue Giant in a lot of ways. Um, and so Blue Period is about a young lad named Yatala Yaguchi, who is... When we first see him, he's basically seems like a bit of a delinquent. He's out drinking and smoking and watching the football. Um, but he's also pretty smart and like, you know, he's hardworking when it comes to studying and, you know, he has really good grades. Um, and you kind of see where he gets both sides of that from because you, you're kind of quickly given a, a, a brief sort of appraisal of his parents where his dad is super laid back and just wants to have a beer and watch the baseball where his mum is kind of far pusher in terms of like, hey, you need to get good grades, you know, what what, what are you going to do with your life? You know, you need to figure out your career, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and I, I guess those sort of dual kind of pressures on him have sort of turned him into a, a bit of a, a social chameleon, uh, where he can kind of like fit in. If it wasn't for the fact that he bleached his hair and had some piercings, he'd probably fit in pretty easily, like anywhere. Um, but you know, he is mostly seen as a delinquent simply because of, of kind of his looks and his reputation. Um, but anyway, he's kind of, you know, somewhat directionless in, in terms of what he wants to do in the long term. Um, and he just kind of ends up falling in for various reasons with, uh, with the school's art club. 
Um, like he sees a particular painting from kind of one of the, the senpais of the art club that just kind of blows him away. Um, and he's just like, you know, finds himself looking at this big sort of oil painting and noticing some really interesting details in like the color composition of it, um, and how that comes together. And he sort of finds himself kind of like waxing lyrical a bit about some of the, the views and the scenery that he likes from his life. And it sort of turns into much like Blue Giant, the kind of one of the core tenets of this is really like a guy who wants to figure out how to say things and how to say like how he feels and to kind of put his emotions and his view of the world across to other people. But he's never had a vehicle to do it. And he sort of discovers, you know, that maybe art is it. Um, I'd say this first volume is kind of pretty much your sort of early broad strokes, um, with every pun intended, of him sort of getting into art, kind of learning some of the basics about stuff like, you know, perspective and colour wheels and all of that kind of fun stuff. Um, and he quickly decides that he wants to really go for it. And he 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 very rapidly goes from just like, Art can just be a hobby, right? I can just, like, draw in my spare time to, like, no, I want to try and get into, like, the Tokyo University of Art, which, you know, Cliff Notes is incredibly hard to do. Um, And so it's really just kind of the starting point of his journey um, within sort of the world of of art and obviously, you know, meeting some other interesting characters who have their own, you know, art skills and abilities and kind of, you know, finding that, you know... the, the people who are in the art club at his school, you know, the people who he thinks are incredible artists are maybe in the grand scheme, you know, look pretty ordinary compared to others, but also realising that, you know, there's more to it than just technical proficiency, etc, etc. Um, and I, I'm I'm really curious to, to, to hear what, what you think of this, Elliot, because I feel like, weirdly for me... There's sort of like a personal issue that I have with this volume in that, like, when I was doing A-levels, like, I studied art and art history, and it kind of, like, broke a lot of my passion for art, mostly because, as it turns out, I had a really bad art teacher who only cared about, like, exam results and not, like, the actual, you know, the actual kind of craft and the 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 artistry of art um and it, and it kind of like messed it up for me so I, I feel like there's at least part of this for me that was a case of like I kind of quite like this and I sort of I, I'm kind of interested in it and what it's doing I quite like some of the characters here but also like this is just dredging up like bad memories of <laughs> of art school for me and maybe I could do without that so I'm curious how you came down on it Elliot yeah boy that's oh you've thrown a grenade in my lap now mate jesus um i mean to be fair like to kind of hit that bit off straight away is i had the exact same feeling but with english where i i didn't even take it at a level because i i dis i disliked our head of english and my teacher um in at gcse english that i i basically directed myself fully and bodily away from any kind of pursuits down that direction um so yeah i guess snap in a way um i mean to be fair the art department at my high school was um a weird limpet attached to the rest of the school anyway and that was never really somewhere i wanted to go down um it was anyway i'm i'm reminiscing now but i so blue period i i have a journey with this manga um so apologies this might take me a second but i the first chapter feels like an entirely different series like a real crazy like almost like i know i say this a lot but it feels like a completely divorced one shot from everything else but it has an entirely different tone and character set and motivation and 
initially i super super fucking hated the main character like i super super did not like him um and i found him extremely exasperating where he does all this stuff that makes him seem perfect and effortless where he's no as you say he does well in exams he is moderately sporty he like hangs out with his mates who are kind of delinquents but also nice guys like he just dresses up a bit to make himself stand both stand out and blend in so he has this like effortless path through things so he can kind of he kind of can engage on things and with people on his own level um and you know he feels like a different character from chapter on at chapter two on which partially is due to his own personal epiphany where like chapter one is like 70 or 80 pages it's a long one and it's very dense with you know the main character who i wrote down his name and i've forgotten it already shit uh you what's his yeah yatura yatura yes yatura sorry i keep crossing it up with yuka-chan um so yatura like is a fascinating microcosm of the character where i really super disliked him at the start but one i mean it's it's a really fascinating like build a guy to get angry at type thing where it it does although i did not like him to start with it really developed what he was about and what he was like like at one point you know he kind of you know while hanging out with his friends he does kind of muse on the futility and what benefit is this element part of it and how it fits into his kind of like not regimented but like very structured day and life like where he sneaks in studying and other stuff to kind of keep all the plates spinning and he kind of exists without any true free time in his life where you know he kind of mentions that there's no real love or blood in any of it that it's all about meeting quotas and that was the line that kind of like turned me a corner on the character where he kind of says like yeah i'm just i'm just making it up and matching what needs to be done to then not have to think about anything and it leaves him hollow like it reminds me of that archetype of both human and character in manga where i don't know like uh, maybe shades of myself i suppose maybe i'm reading too much into this but it's kind of come to me as I, as you were talking about it andy where like making a start on something and doing well at it is kind of easy in some respects but taking beyond taking going beyond that into really caring about it and investing yourself and becoming a craft master is difficult and beyond you because any kind of actual pushback from the material itself like weirds you out because it's like whoa hang on whoa 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 this stuff comes to me easy i can just do stuff why is this hard um and so you know that kind of person who is like jack of all trades and especially for yatora like is able to get through high school level life very easily and can kind of do whatever when it comes to post high school because he's in second year of high school and so it's you know the pressure is on he has to make a decision about what he's going to do and so he kind of oscillates between this whole fuck around and very much find out positions and you know even at the end of that first or second chapter he has kind of partially unlocked himself a target which is the the kind of thing that made me do a 180 on his character and start to really enjoy him is that it, a lot of it is for him a struggle in figuring out his own head and his own way, as you say, of relating to the others in the art club and how he talks to people and how he appraises life with it, like art within his own life. And it kind of, you know, escalates within him to 
devote himself to this extremely difficult lofty ideal of going to tokyo university of art which i think is like one place for every 60 applicants every year and people often roan in it and adults full-on actual artists will apply to go there sort of thing so it's and it gives you the whole like several panels of cliff notes on you know the boring prospectus level stuff you need to know about for the real art schools that this series is drawing upon oh sorry pun intended um and so, and so, yeah, I found myself initially disliking the main character and kind of dreading reading the rest of the series. But as it took time and uh, developed layers ha, on the character and the environment he was in and his particular sort of weirdness and like the spark of managing to burn out a last minute assignment and blag his way through a grade suddenly becomes all consuming. And, you know, him bending his quite, you know, untapped potential towards it making it fascinating um and also not too much of like at least a little bit of goading from yuka chan his friend um, who is strictly male but cross dresses on their own terms um and the very i suppose garrulous or just aggressive like conniving art teacher who reminds me of a high school teacher i had who oddly enough was in food tech of all things um but he like he found the teacher who is there to kind of like kind of crush his nuts enough to make you care and want to prove them wrong i suppose in a weird way like she is she's one of those characters that never opens her eyes except if it's an important panel where it's like oh shit their their full power is unleashed fuck so like really really good teacher character who is kind of a hard ass but also extremely loving um, both towards the students and like the the subject so that really worked for me. Um, sorry, I tangented all over the place, but that was the journey I took really was first chapter was starting out going, Oh, I hate this guy. I hate this guy to, Oh no, this is actually really smart. And like, it's really powerful and kind of effective in how it brings it across. And the main character kind of very aggressively flopping around in the pool, trying to swim from one end to the other. Does that tally, Andy? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't kind of like hate Yeshua's character from the get go in quite the same way, but I think yeah, like his journey is at least an interesting one. Um, you know, that, that that comes from a very different place from your sort of typical like, oh, you know, hi, I'm character X. I've always loved art, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I mean, in a weird way, there, there was a part of kind of you know that that initial journey in that narrative that reminded me a little bit of um uh look back that we talked about on this oh wow yeah holy cow which kind of like you know that that comes at it from a very different angle and a kind of you know a a far more sort of aggressive one if you like but there's kind of like a similarity there of that sort of you know it's kind of tackling the same question early on of just like you know having something that's just a hobby or something that you like to do versus something that you want to do and that you aggressively like pursue as you know as as a a future um and you know i I, and I, i think you know this this volume is really good at putting across like you know a career in art in a very modern sense you know it's not just the like you know and and again you know Yetoro is a really good sort of cipher for this where he's just like well what's the point like you know how many people are going to become like you know a Picasso and you know the, the the teacher who as you say is like 
incredibly good throughout this is just like, well, one, you know, Picasso was a really good salesman, by the way. He wasn't just about painting like he knew how to, you know, grift as well. But also be like, just because you, you know, you get a qualification in art, that doesn't mean you have to be, you know, an artist in the traditional sense and you don't have to be, you know, the starving artist art art type. Like, it's just... It's it's a qualification, the same as anything else. And so it, it has some interesting stuff, and I, I feel like it, it does a really good job of, of putting all of that across in a way that is very very real and, you know, works really well and doesn't feel like your kind of... your typical direction that some of these kind of stories can go in where it's all just like, you know, dreamland. Oh, you know, I'm going to be a painter or whatever. And then, then it happens. Um, so I, I, I did really like all of that. I, I think that the thing that this series maybe struggles with a bit is kind of, it really tries to set its stall out in terms of like hard work is more important than natural talent, you know, in these things. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a, a really good conversation earlier on between Yetra and, um, I forget her name, but like the senpai in the art club where he's just like, oh, oh my God, you're so talented. And she's like, shut up. No, I'm not. What, what are you talking about? Like, this is just the result of me working really hard on this for a long time. So don't give me that. And then, kind oh, of she doesn't, like, she doesn't say shut up. She's too nice it, for that. No, but she basically like, that's her intimation to the point where she like apologizes after it's like, sorry, I realized you were trying to be nice and like complimentary of my work. And I kind of beat your head off a bit, but like, look, that's not, it's not just about like, Oh, you have a talent and then you just go and do a thing. And I think that's the struggle that this volume has is that it tries to, play that card but it kind of also gives Yatara this sort of you know innate talent of his own where it's just like ah, yeah even if you're maybe not good at the technical side of you know drawing and perspective and stuff like you have this sort of innate ability to do things and it's sort of it it has its cake and eats eats it a little bit at times and I think it kind of gets away with it on balance and it it didn't really bug me but I did kind of raise my eyebrow a couple of times of it's just like this sort of feels like it's going against you know the, the message you're trying to put across elsewhere um but no it's it's weird because like you know as much as the the art side of things doesn't kind of grab me in the same way that other series about sort of, you know, characters discovering pastimes has done simply because, you know, like a, a lot, a lot of the kind of, you know, lectury stuff about like, oh, let me tell you about perspective, etc. is just like, it, it, it's not as interesting when it's something that I already know. I do also feel like it occasionally veers a little bit into the, am I just reading the Wikipedia page on perspective here? Like again, there, there are times when it puts that stuff in really naturally and blends it into, you know, a lesson or whatever. But there are also times where it feels like it almost breaks your immersion because it's just like, let me tell you about this technique. Um, and so, you know, that, that stuff, I guess, was just a little bit less interesting to me. But there is something about all of the characters in this. That I, I can't really... I can't really put a finger on any of them specifically in terms of like, oh, I want to follow this character because X or Y, but they all have a certain something about them and how they hold themselves, how they communicate, whatever it is that just makes me want to see more of them. I mean, I feel like Yuka is kind of a really good example of that because you get you get a fair bit of kind of him and and what he's doing and what his personality is like but man i want to see a lot more of that guy and like what what his deal is because there's it feels like there's so much untapped 
in, in, in that character beyond just, you know, <laughs> sassing around and kind of digging at Yatala occasionally. Um, and that's kind of the case with a lot of the sort of characters around the protagonist of just like, I just kind of want to spend more time with all of these people because they're all kind of interesting. Like there's the guy in the art club that, you know, he, he just wants to draw, you know, anime girls basically and it's like okay you know you have some really interesting perspectives there's the aforementioned senpai whose name i've forgotten who's also kind of pretty interesting and and cool when you get to spend time with her like there's a teacher you know and even like like yatara's friends again as much as they get pigeonholed in chapter one is like oh they're just the delinquents that he hangs out with like they have some depth to them and even like the sort of kind of character bio bits you get at the end of this volume just kind of give you a few more little tidbits that are just like oh man I kind of yeah I want to hang out with these guys when they're not drunk because actually you know they're kind of an interesting bunch as well yeah I felt kind of bad by the end because they kind of get written out after like chapter two because there's a really lovely heartfelt bit where they're sat on the stairs talking about like how they're glad that Yatara found something to invest himself in and it's like and then as you say the four panel manga at the end is like about the main those characters and their you know after their sort of quirks and their after school plans and i think they're not like full-on delinquents you know motorbike gang beat people up they just like booze and you know sometimes they smoke or pose to smoke and that's the kind of thing that gets picked apart is that they're they're you know they're just a bit you know shitty in that regard not shitty but you know they just they just do that sort of stuff and they're not like full-on banjo which you know makes the use of the word delinquent a bit strong. I mean, hell, there's one part where the art club Fujoshi are having a chat and they're like, oh, wait, he's really nice. Like, shit, weird. We shouldn't be so judgmental, I guess. Um, yeah, this- it- yeah, sorry. It, 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 it feels very much like that the, the Japanese high school definition of delinquent, or certainly the Japanese manga high school definition of delinquent, whereas like if that was in the UK, it would just be like, now you're just one of the normal students, because that's basically what everybody does. Yeah, hell, if anything, I was the weird one who escaped high school without smoking outside the front the front store, stop. Um, God, I I always flash back to that because that was when the smoking age was 16. And so all the teachers would be like vainly trying to shovel the kids away from smoking right out in front of the school. <laughs> um, but it was like just a fire affair. So they couldn't. Oh, God. So dumb. Um, but yeah, the senpai is Mori senpai. Um, ah, that's she's very sweet. She's cute. Um, she's short. She has very strong eyebrows. But yeah, her strengths lie elsewhere in some regards. And as you say, she has this very forthright discussion with Yatora, which is important important and i feel like the main thing that about this series is that all the side characters in particular are not like tossed off or just tropes like you can tell that you know there's going to be like a bunch of bullet points behind them but it feels like they have heart like there is something to them and within them that makes them real characters like you know yuka in particular is a complete enigma and you learn enough stuff like incidentally that is kind of touched on but no one's going to start diving in and demanding they give their entire profile out on the page it's very much a case of like oh okay that's interesting oh so you you know you you listen to your grandma oh okay and there's at least one funny part in like there's several funny moments where i feel like in chapter three or four where like they're doing a still life 
And you get several panels where the focus is elsewhere, but you get like gratuitous butt shots of Yuka. And then later on, there's Yuka holding like an admission form for something. And they very clearly like writ mail on there. It's like, hey, 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 just to remind you, don't go being silly about this. Um, so I don't know. I find Yuka to be almost like a joke from the author. Um, who, that, you know, and the first chapter, Yuka has like constantly bananas hair that is like Utena up the wazoo. And then in later chapters, chapters it calms down or escalates into being bananas depending on mood um i think maybe the there was a revolt by the manga assistants who were like hey we can't keep drawing this fucking hair like knock it off like not everyone looks like their hair is going 16 directions at once you know yeah which is actually like as a kind of side note one of the other things i really like at the end of this volume is it has a really detailed set of of thanks to all of the oh yes super super love that stuff which is not you know it's not just the kind of name check a few people it's literally everybody who's been involved with a real kind of like heartfelt like this is this is what they did on this this project this is what they're involved with this is why they were great to work with and it was just like really nice to see people just getting like full credit and not just like yeah thanks to these guys of just like no look this this is what they did like I, I maybe should have read it more precisely to see if if there was anybody who's just like yeah they told me to knock it off with yuka's hair and i and i respect them for that but i don't i don't think i saw that in there yeah i really love that it was like a full two-page spread of acknowledgements and thanks and directly calling out people because like you know there's a lot of ca- some of the pivotal scenes in this manga are where yatora's art is put up for judgment across uh, you know with others and oof wouldn't catch me doing that um and i probably melt into the floor um and you know him his art plays to get alongside other characters art and the character's art has to mean something and it has to reflect something like the double beauty mark kid that you meet in the prep school um who seems like a colossal enigma um he's got two beauty marks that's a bad sign like one is usually a sign of something in manga christ um and yeah it, it it directly calls out and thanks the people for their direct like sort of like just um you know contribution and their artwork that was being put into the manga so yeah like you know having each and every person shouted out with a two-line bio was really nice and it showed like just the really intense sort of dedication to this work that seems like it's a complete pain in the dick i mean one thing that does get nuts i mean the main character's hair is still pointy all over the shop so i'm sure they're fed up of that as well um <laughs> but yeah i I'm, i found i definitely found this series growing on me as it went um as you say it does have its cake and eat it a bit where I can kind of believe it a bit more where the main character like has gone full obsessive mode because he has found an outlet and something to care about. And like, it shows you that like the feedback loop of having people talk about his art kind of jazzed him up to an insane degree. Um, and that's kind of where that came from. And I feel like it does work in that regard where it's like, okay, no, this is like catnip to him. And he finally has something like rather than coasting is now like lifeblood. It's like manna from heaven. And he has this like, I mean, the, the marker of the character, he, he is this untapped well of dedication. Um, and one thing it does and sidesteps quite well in a slightly, as you say, cake and eat it way is like his mum tells him straight up, like, please get into a publicly funded school. We could not afford a private school for you because there's a big gulf in japan between privately funded schools and publicly funded ones which unfortunately takes over the after the american model which is a bad idea all round um but yeah like his his mum finds his career path sheet where he's like 
fully honestly but also jokingly written Tokyo University of Art in all three slots and you've seen this in anime a thousand times and she she goes to talk to him about it you know finally pulling off the scab and finds him asleep surrounded by still lifes and like finds very quickly his development in two months and decides to shelve the whole thing there and then and support him which is an extremely avoidant way of just sorting out that um that tension and that conflict um but at the same time was kind of preferable to having a shouting match but yeah very much a case i feel of you know getting it both ways yeah i I mean to be fair like i I felt like that part i actually that was probably my my favorite kind of bit which again really sort of started to sell me on like oh yeah i kind of want to see more of this because that's a really beautiful kind of like bringing things around from you know like yetra's big thing is early on is just like i i want people to feel something from the stuff that I've drawn. I, I, I want people to, like, understand my emotions and what I'm feeling from looking at my work. And that that kind of squares that circle really perfectly. That, you know, yeah, like, his mum is completely kind of like, ah, what's he, what the heck's he doing? Like, what's going on here? And as soon as she sees his artwork, she's like, oh, I understand now. Like, and, and it's just, it's this really great moment of kind of just the, the full stop at the end of that whole kind of plot point of just like, you know, the, the one person who you were kind of dreading having to talk to this, to talk about this whole thing uh, with just gets it from seeing your artwork. And like, that's kind of the perfect sort of, you know, denouement of that whole thing. Um, and, and I think that's kind of the, perhaps the strongest part of this series is is when it it kind of drills into that emotional side i mean again you know like like said there's that great part with uh with yetra's friends where they're like oh you know i'm I'm glad he's he's found something that he can throw himself into but like that kind of comes off the back of a moment where you know he gets he gets praise for his work and he just breaks down and cries and like that's again a really good moment for his friend characters where they have that initial moment of like what's the deal are you crying and then they kind of actually go straight round into support of like oh no that's it's cool dude like it's good that you know <laughs> that, that this is touchy this way um and those kind of that moment was was a really sweet one as well of just you know kind of like understanding friends and also just kind of like again a really important moment in his development of like realizing what was missing from his life basically and what he wanted to kind of search for from that moment and i think that's those kind of high points really helped to sort of punctuate the rest of it yeah i feel like especially like after as i say after the first chapter once it's kind of figured out direction like all that stuff comes into its own like as i said before the friends are really powerful and almost i want a different a much more chapters of them lot like that you know the tofu shop guy who has a girlfriend who is extremely smart and well put together even though her looks deceive people and all that it's like oh wow this is these are all people and you know there's an earnest heartfelt story about this i mean i feel like that's one thing that almost joins the two series who talked about this episode together is the like the kind of very like earnest and like human appreciation for people and you know just people being people where they aren't perfect but they have a heart and they have they have something they want to do and you know that's that's good and that's well and good and it's kind of this humanism of it that really brings you in rather than it being like yeah i want to be you know sekaiichi da 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 so even though in both cases the characters who are the main characters are there being like i want to be the best in the world haha check me out or watch me go and yeah it's this rather than it being like i'm going to grow superpowers and play tennis 
um i don't know like there's something really heartfelt about it um and really strong yeah, and, and I mean, ironically, it's kind of, it's almost been to, I, I think, to the detriment of this series a bit that, you know, I read this immediately off the back of Blue Giant, which does such a good job of hitting those same notes, again, with every pun intended. And like, you know, it's hard to come to something else that actually is, is still really good in its own right, but it's like, you know, Blue Giant kind of towers over it what's going on with me i'm just everything is a pun now um but... andy this is what you're good at don't do yourself down <laughs> um but uh but yeah like it's it's kind of you know it, having two very similarly kind of themed things you know not just in terms of their color together you know you, you can't help but compare the two in your head and i feel like blue period probably deserves more credit than i perhaps gave it initially simply because i was still kind of thinking about blue giant quite a bit um but yeah i'm, I'm also really curious that to watch the anime adaptation that's currently airing of this because it sounds like that is churning through volumes of source material at an insane rate like i think at the halfway point it had gotten through like five volumes of material and it's like but apparently by the sound of it was actually kind of making it work so i'm like okay well that might be a really interesting way to kind of visit this series so i'll maybe check that out as well on netflix yeah from checking manga updates i think it mentions that it finished up like six volumes of manga by the time the season wrapped up however long it is i presume 13 episodes um so yeah i mean the one thing that kind of like uh, took me aback slightly um is that um so far there's five volumes of this in english and there's 12 in japan which is like sure there's a lot of stuff you can cover in like having an entire art career and trying to get good at drawing um but yeah it's that's a lot there's there's a lot there and it appears to be going for the fences um so I yeah I'm I feel like this series this boat it kind of also refactors this first volume where I feel like a lot happened and it covered a lot of ground especially in terms of the development and like technique like some of the more Wikipedia-ish elements of it but yeah the fact that it's like twelve volumes and still going it's like oh okay that's that's a number <laughs> like woo <laughs> maybe I'll wait to see how long this goes before I get too much more into it um, also on your note um, I read it the other way around I read this first and then Blue Giant so but I got to like I had a bit more space to kind of put two and two together and to compare them directly so that was my different reading thing but i can imagine reading anything after blue giant is probably a bit strange given how that i don't know i would argue that series blasts you frankly <laughs> yeah yeah for, for sure but uh, but yeah i think both both very good kind of examples of, of you know w- what they're going for um and sort of it, it's interesting to look at the two of them because they are both very similar and very much not at the same time um but uh but yeah it's it's um blue period is has been 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 pretty good like I, I think the the more i've managed to sort of divorce it from my own kind of history with with art and art study like the more i can kind of like appreciate it and yeah i definitely want to spend more time with the characters above all else and kind of see how how all of that pans out yeah for sure i want to see uh mori the senpai and the fujo more i like them a lot um as side characters um especially because like it's not just like the teacher like the art teacher herself is awesome i really like her i can't remember her name at all because it's elliot um but yeah i loved how she was like oh shit this class of school kids is like no is like the real deal i've got some gold on my hands here um so yeah good stuff to see um from a teacher who cares about art as it turns out rather than grades whoops yeah 
Yeah, and, and and again, it it plays just enough with kind of the stereotype of like, ah, oh, yeah, art class—that's where all the kids go to slack off and nothing gets done. And you know, even even Yatra kind of goes in there in terms of like, well, if nothing else, I can just goof around here a bit, and it's straight into like, right, well, here's your here are your assignments for you know the summer. You got to do all this stuff, and it's like, oh yeah, by the way, most people don't even manage to get it all done because there's so much work to do, uh, which is 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 a very good and very true. Everyone assumes that art class is a cop out when actually it's a heck of a lot of work oh for sure like you got to do a lot of stuff like especially if you want to especially if you want to get your money's worth i i was friends with um a very lovely guy in the art class at uni and dude was constantly doing stuff because he needed to because otherwise you're never going to find anything that you can actually put in front of people let alone something you will feel even slightly proud of um i remember yeah a lot of a lot of tension and a lot of crying in the art class in the art degree school <laughs> um so whoops um but yeah i so yeah i found myself really enjoying blue period especially after especially i think i think it also helps that i didn't like the character in the first chapter and so the the redemption arc the personal elliot redemption arc really kind of like rose this you know brought this um series up in my estimation um so yeah i found myself greatly enjoying it although i i i maybe will take a punt on volume two but the fact that it's now like i say 12 volumes is like ooh, okay that's a lot we'll see uh, yeah yeah like likewise i think as well i'll definitely kind of check out the anime and, and see that the lie of the land a bit and then maybe yeah uh, maybe go from there but uh but yeah definitely definitely a good read and uh again like if I, artwork wise it, it, it you know i i think it, it's its strength is in the actual artwork in series that you know which is it's why i think it gets all those special thanks because that does make a difference that it's not like ah, oh, yeah this the author just you know dashed out a few dozen different versions of a still life of a skull it's like it, it's really it really you know appreciates that there, there needs to be more than that to it and that, that it has to kind of put those differences across and uh you know i think all of all of that extra work is really what the kind of stuff that, that elevates it as it gets deeper in yeah i mean the there's like a i can't remember the name but the one of the other characters in the prep school like when they're doing like a skull and the main character says like yeah like this person didn't just draw a skull they drew art and you see it's like one panel it's like an eighth of a page but you see their artwork or their their drawing and you're like oh yeah no shit like that he's correct like that shit's wild i think the main thing that work is it really works with um apart from yuka's hair going over places it really manages to get a lot out of the main character in particular with his emotions and his you know his face going all over the shop like it finds the way to draw like the ultimate expression to really get across like the complete melange and mix of emotions that he or any other character is feeling so i feel like that's really strongly done um and as you say like it being able to show artwork and get its um, you know walk the walk in terms of getting across that this is serious you know really works so yeah yeah, really enjoyed it yeah cool cool so yeah oh man we've gone jumbo time today um so yeah um that is our picks for that was our picks for this episode so now moving on to our choices for next episode the first of 2022 um so through serendipity um we've managed to pick something by the same author (laughs) so my first pick was um my pick is um, When Wu Aemu Miki's Move, um, Volume 1. It's got Shogi in it. And Andy, how about you? 
Uh, yeah, so uh, my pick is is a, a, a similar theme of, of somebody else who, who wants to be a master of their craft, um, and uh, my pick is Teasing Master Takagi-san, Volume 1, which uh, I've heard... I, I know some people who like rave about the, the anime and love it dearly, and so I felt like we should check out the source material. Yeah, I've read this previously, and I totally didn't know they had the same author, but I remember reading um, Ayemu, and I was like, wait a minute, this seems, oh shit, they are the same author, crap. So yeah, I know people who swear by um, Takagi-san, so it'd be interesting to see what you think of it, Andy. Hmm. Cool. So um, thank you very much for listening, especially if you've made it this far. Um, so thank you very much. Um, you can find all of our ep- other episodes in your podcast feed or at screentone.club. Uh, you can find our Twitter feed at Screentone Club. You can also email us, um, show at screentone.club. You can find our Patreon, um, as mentioned in between the interstitial, um, at, patreo- at patreon.com forward slash screentone club, or one word. Uh, my name is Elliot Page. You can find me on Twitter, um, at Elliot Page on Twitter. I am back to mostly posting pictures of my cat. And Andy, how about you? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter, at Hannah's1979. Great. Um, and as mentioned, this is our last regular episode of 2021. So all that remains is to say, well, um, thank you very much for listening. Whether you've been listening before or if you picked up the show this um, year, um, thank you for listening. Um, let us know what you think. Um, but yeah, thank you ever so much. And we'll see you again in 2022. Yep. Thanks very much, everybody. And uh, bye for now. Bye for now. Bye. No worries. Oh dear, I have a I have a quick jazz um, anecdote if you'll in, indulge me. Uh, so yeah, um, as mentioned, I like to go to jazz when I'm on holiday, and this is going back a long ass time. But one time when I was in um, when I was in uh, Prague, I went to an underground jazz bar, which I'm quite fond of. And um, basically, I had never heard, or I don't really keep track of jazz. I don't know any names or anything. But there was a band there that was literally like four comfortable dads in jumpers. It's the it's the only way I can describe them. Is just four dads in sensible M and S jumpers, and like. There were three of them who were playing quite sensibly and the fourth guy who would appear to be like a ringer almost who, um, you know, helped back everyone up and he was on trumpet. And like it comes to his solo in the middle of the night and he just steps up, takes a big breath and blasts the shit out of the entire room. Like that guy was on fire. Like He was going a hell, you know, hell for leather, beat, just blowing the shit out of this trumpet and making it into this intense like... I don't know, like wail and dirge. Like it was, was, I'm making it sound terrible, but it was, it was so impactful and just amazing that I think it kind of rocked everyone back on their heels in that room. It certainly did me. And once he was finished, the guy had to like lean back against the wall again because I think he entirely emptied his lungs. Um, but yeah, that, 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 that's the sort of power that jazz can have is comfortable dad in a blue jumper suddenly like, blasts your entire life away um for three minutes while he like does sick shit on a trumpet um so yeah that's my thesis on why jazz is cool and good (laughs) and yeah it it kind of comes i feel like this manga comes close in its more sort of impactful moments (laughs) so there's that there's my endorsement
Oh dear. So thank you for thank you for um, entertaining me there. 